Good morning, all seasons. Amen. It's not if there is anything to do. It's the question you asked is, where do I fit in? Where do I need to be? And I want to say this, and I know that, yes, every aspect of church services uh, should definitely be spiritual. Now, we do have a lot of fun, uh, but we also try to keep that fun as spiritual as we can. And sometimes that competitive spirit, that's still spiritual, right? Uh, it, can, it can tend to get in, in areas and in ways that sometimes, you know, I mean, I'm, it's tough me being better than Duran at basketball. I don't know. It's just I see him looking at me now. The moment I mentioned being competitive, I don't know if something rose up in him for a moment. We're going to pray, though. Amen. We are today, and I'm going to go ahead and just preface it with, with this uh, right here, that I am going to be talking pretty much about discipleship. And not that's not because of really the vein that Pastor has been in. Uh, I'm going to be pretty much in that same vein today. But also, as you have heard, that all the announcements behind all the classes that's going on this semester coming up, please be a part of that. That is how you are going to grow. Now, there was people like me that when I was in school, I didn't really like school. I didn't like going to classes. I didn't care what you called it, semester, half semester. It didn't really matter. It's just that it was school, and I didn't like that stuff. So there's, there's a lot of us that you, I promise you will be able to find somewhere to fit in to, to, for your life uh, to grow. One of those areas that I wish that me and my wife would have had when we were very early in our marriage was the one about stewardship and money. Uh, that is the whole another uh, area that sometimes we are very uneducated in. Please be a part of that. Be a part of all of them. Amen. So here we go today, and I want to be able, if I can, for a little while to help us to become more like Jesus Christ. Now, sometimes I didn't say that I'm trying to get you to be Jesus. I'm trying to get you to be like Jesus. I'm trying to get you to be more like him through his word, maybe that I will say something, maybe there is something you have felt already in this service where God will change your life. I'm going to preach today. You need to sound more like your father. Now, I understand that there is a lot of people, or it could be you need to sound more like your mother, or you could do better, or you could, or it may be, oh, you sound just like, you know, it could be in a negative vibe. I don't know. But there is always room for improvement, especially when it comes to how we live our life and how that we are in this world. We're not of this world, but we're in this world and we're out here and we're trying to help people and share the gospel with people. So we need to be able to be in the right place. So I could ask you today, and it's already January the 21st, I believe, and so we're already almost to February. So I'm not sure what goals you've got or if you got give, if you get into all the New Year's resolutions and all those things. I don't. Uh, what I try to do is, is about mid-December. If I'm thinking about maybe losing a little weight, I always try to say just maybe fool my body some way right in the middle of December and try that. Well, I'm here to tell you that didn't happen this last December. Hallelujah. And I, I'm, I, it is what it is, but if anybody knows my wife and red velvet cupcakes and good food and all of those things, uh, that's hard. However, it may be hard, but there's a time in your life where you're going to have to push that away for a little while. And I know that we can pick about our physical appearance. We want to do better. We do need to do better. 
where we can live this life and we can share the gospel with people, but at the same time, we have a spiritual life and a spiritual moment that we have to take care of also. So, yes, I could ask you, what, do you want, what did you want to become in 24? A better man, a better spouse, a better Christian, a better employee, a better employer. I don't know. Uh, you wanted to be more passionate, maybe. I'm not sure. Those, all of those things, and a lot of us has probably written those down uh, this year, what we wanted to do and how that we wanted to do them. But at the same time, I want to ask you, those are good, and it's good to have goals, but what is God saying in your life? What is he saying? Now, you have those goals, and I have goals, and I want to be able to do great things, not just for the Lord, but I want to be able to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. Uh, I want to be a better person in general, and we should all strive for that. But what is God trying to say to us today? The song said, all my life, he's been faithful. And yes, he has. He has been faithful. He has been good. He's been on time, as the old song used to sing. And he's been real. He has given me the very desires of my heart so many times that I've prayed. He does all of those things. And the list goes on and on and on. But not only do I want to be more like Jesus, I must be more like Jesus. I can't just say, well, I want to do better. I think I may need to do better. You know, I think I can't just run around with WWJD on my bumper and hoping that that just works real good for me and works real good for my family. And it's easy to say, what would Jesus do? But at the same time, what would y'all do? What would you do? In the middle of your life, in the middle of when somebody approaches you in a certain way, how would you respond? Well, that depends on how much Jesus that you're doing. That depends on how close of a walk where we're at. We need, oh, I want to be like him, but now I don't want to get too fanatic. I don't want to get too crazy in this world. I don't want to let, I don't really want, I want everybody to know that I love Jesus, but, you know, I don't want to get too far out there to where I, you know, I may offend somebody. You know what? I'm at a place in my life now that is as long as I'm lifting up the name of Jesus and I'm in this word and I'm giving him everything that I can and I have dedicated my life to him, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but sin is still sin. No matter what I do, no matter what you say or I say, no matter how we whoop it up, fix it up, throw it out, it doesn't matter. The thing is, it's still sin. And if there was ever a day, and I'm not talking about being rude and being, being distasteful, but we've got to learn how to tell people about Jesus. I've got to learn how to be more deliberate in my trying to help somebody to love him. When somebody comes to me with some type of problem, I need to be able to be like Jesus because this is a crazy world that we're living in. It is messed up, and it's getting more messed up by the moment, and we're getting used to it. We're like, oh, 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 that's just the way it's, well, I, you know, I guess that's the way it's supposed to be. No, it's not the way. It, it may be a certain way, but look, I'm not in this. I'm in this world but like I said earlier, I'm not of this world. I'm just passing through. But while we're passing through, we've got to be good stewards. We've got to be his children. We've got to be everything that we can. I want to be like Jesus. Are we striving to become like Christ today? 
If I stopped for a moment, took a poll and asked each one of you, pull out a piece of paper, one to ten, have you so far for the first 21 days of January, have you been striving to be more like Christ? That when you woke up, even before you brushed your teeth, that you said, oh, whatever it takes today, God, I must be more like you. Throughout the day, and it shows up, whether we like it or not. When we run into somebody, it shows up. Jesus shows up or he don't show up in our conversation. But I want to be more other people. Let me ask you this. Are the people around us wanting to be like us? Anybody? We, 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 we do all these things in our life. And we want God to do certain things. And there's people in this world, and it's okay to want to be like somebody. Whether you're an athlete, or whether you're a singer, whoever it is, you want to be, you know what I would like? You know, maybe let's get away from the I would like to be them because you don't know what them life is. We don't understand. It's kind of like when we're watching football. And I laid there last night, and I was watching some of the, of the, uh, in the NFC and and I, I hear people all the time, you know, I don't even like that quarterback. And I'm like, do you know him? Well, no, I don't know him. Well, how do you know you don't like him? I tell you what, you know what, I wouldn't drive across the road to hear that person sing. Well, ain't nobody asked you to drive across the road. You don't even know these people. I tell you what, Peyton Manning could barely move in the pocket. Well, I tell you what, his pocket is sure full, is sure full today from just moving slow in the pocket. And he's probably one of the best there is. Well, I just, I just don't really don't like him. Well, why not? I just, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? That would be like saying, I don't like you. I'm like, why you, don't, why you don't like me? Well, I really don't know why. I just don't like you. I don't like how you look. I don't like whatever. You have to have a reason. So people are going to want to be. Do you want people to be like you? Let that settle for a moment. Do you want people in your life that you come in contact with to be like you? That when they get up Monday morning, January the 22nd, they say, you know what? Whew. I think I want to be Joel Davidson. Don't do that, people. Don't. Don't. You better be careful of who you say and you want to be like and whose shoes you want to walk in. So, whenever you say, I want to be more like Jesus, there comes a price. Oh, you mean I got, yeah, there's some things that's going to have to happen now for you to be like Jesus. And people will mimic us. I want to show you right here on this screen in just a moment how that people will mimic us, especially our children and grandchildren. How many of y'all got grandchildren? Oh, ain't, ain't God good? Now, how many of y'all got children? <laughs> y'all ain't even worried about them kids. Didn't one of y'all say, y'all just like, yeah, I got a kid. Now, when I said, you got grandchildren, oh, hallelujah, yes, they, they everywhere. I saw hands and smiles, and y'all were just like, oh. And then I said, how many of y'all got kids? That's your kid. That's not my kid. That's my wife's kid. But sure we do, and we, we love them. But whether we know it or not, or whether we realize that you should realize it, because they are watching us. Now, it's easy to, now, child, they're going to watch us. 
I can remember years ago, and there was a young man. Well, this young man now is in his mid-30s and is a phenomenal preacher and doing great things for the Lord. But I remember at my old church that I was raised in, we had a prayer room where everybody went to to pray, kind of like our upper room up here. And everybody went there before service to pray. And I remember I'd be walking around before service, and I'd feel something bumping me in the back of my heels. I'm like, what? Is that the Lord? Or... And I would look down, and there's this little guy, two years old, two or three, just trying to follow me. And it never really hit me at that moment what was going on. I didn't think much about it. Oh, ain't that that's so cute. You know how we do. That's just, hey, buddy, what's up, man? That he's trying to be me. And I should have been asking myself, what am I doing? What if he followed me outside? What if he followed me around my house? What if he followed me on my job? What if he followed me when so-and-so pulled out in front of me on that ice on I-55? What if? Take a moment and take a look at this. And I want you to, they go, she's going to show it a couple of times. And what do you see in this video? So what is he doing? He's doing exactly what his daddy is doing. The only thing is, you can't, Cameron is hitting his elbow, but. But in, in Cruz's mind, he hadn't got there just yet to really see what's going on. But he thinks he's doing it all right. Look at the seriousness of his face when he puts them hands together right here. He's thought it out. Bam! Now what's going to happen is, thank you, Adrian. Now what's going to happen is when he does the kid at daycare like that, and the note comes home, Dear Mr. McCarty, I want you to know that your son, Crew Riley, just DDT, three small children, two of them were girls. But they watch us. They look at us. And when you get grown, they're still looking at you. When you're grown, they're still looking at you. They're, do you think that my daughter now does not try to look and see exactly what her mom does or I do? Sure, she may not voice it. We might not notice it sometimes. But I can look and I can see a lot of the same traits and demeanors that's in my daughter, that's in my wife. I didn't say it made her meaner. I said demeanor. So we find ourselves trying to watch exactly what we're doing. But people will do this. So don't you think for one moment while you're trying to live for the Lord that somebody's not watching you. And yes, they will talk about you. They looking. So let me ask you today. I'll just use a couple of examples. I'm not going to try to do a three-hour sermon here. But So you want to be a better husband. That's your goal. That's your goal for, 20, for 2024. Well, I hope that's going to be your goal in 25 also. But we'll just say for 24. That's your goal is to be a better husband. So what am I going to do to be a better husband? Am I going to continue to hang around the same knucklehead husbands that we hang around that don't have a clue how to treat their wife, don't have a clue how to treat their children, but you're getting all of your information from them? When they say, I tell you what I, the moment somebody tells you, I tell you what I do, either you got one or two things. Let Jesus move in this moment. Either you throw punch him or you just turn and run away because I'm done with you. Because if there ain't no Jesus in that, I don't, I'm, I'm looking, 
Look, it don't matter how much Jesus I say. It's how much fruit is on me. And if there ain't no fruit of a good husband on me, nobody needs to be listening to Joel about how to be a better husband. But when you see good fruit on somebody, say, now that is who I want to be like. That if I can just, if I can just do better, then the Bible, you, then you got to do it the Bible way. This is only just two examples. I want to be a better husband. Let me ask men today, who wants to be a better husband if you're married? Sure, all of us want to be a better husband. And if you're not married yet, pray that you're a good husband. Because this world needs more good husbands and more good examples. So if, you're gonna, if I'm going to do that, then I've got to be like Jesus. I've got to be more like him. And I tell you, without going into a lot of context about it, the Bible said I'm to love my wife as Christ loves the, the church. So he loves the church so much, and they hug, and they kiss, and he just pulls everybody together, and everybody gets saved, and everybody's sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit. Everything is good, and then he dies. And that's what's going to happen to you. And then you do it every day. You do it over and over. You continue to do that no matter what the dude down the road says. Look, I can remember six months before I was married, and on the job that I was on at that time, I can remember the men. I won't even call the place of employment because it's been many years ago, 32 years ago almost now. But I can remember, and I want somebody to hear, hear this today, young person. Hear this today, young man. I can remember two or three different men telling me, well, you know what? Now, you're going to get married, but it ain't what you think it is. And it wasn't in a good way either. They were filling my mind full of all kinds of things that, yeah, yeah, when she finishes school or she does this and she's going to do that. And, and I'm just a young dude, you know, and I'm, I'm listening, but I had enough sense. And I had enough of Jesus in me to be like, okay, well, whatever you think. Okay, yeah, whatever you think. Yeah, when she gets this or she does that, then she's going to be gone. So why don't you go ahead now and just get you a couple of, you know, on the side. I'm like, that's not even adding up, dude. Like, what's, what, what, what do you mean, something on the side? That's what you do at Zaxby's. You get French fries or coleslaw. We're not talking. What are you talking about, something on you, Dude, I may be young, but I'm not stupid. But that's real life stories. And you know what I asked them? I bumped into I bumped into both of those guys 10 years into my marriage. And they say, hey, what's up, Davidson? I said, oh, it's all good, man. How, how's that marriage going? I said, it's, it's, it's pretty good, buddy. Pretty good. Huh. I said, how's your marriage? Man, I ain't been married in years. I'm like, oh, here's your sign. Not knocking people to have trouble in their marriage. Because well, you know what? There's moments we all going to have trouble on the horizon. But it's how we deal with that trouble and what we do and how that we respond to that trouble. Guess what? Ten years later, 20 years, I bumped into the same two cats. I said, man, how y'all doing? Oh, we're we, we doing pretty good. I said, no. I said, see, you should have been smarter, son, because now you old. I wish I had. Oh, I wish I could just preach right here. I wish this was a marriage conference. 
Now you have just, like, how old are you? Oh, man, you know, I'm this, this, and this. I said, man, where, where's your wife at? Well, you know, man, you know, don't, I hope you didn't believe anything we told you 20 years ago. I said, oh, don't you worry, brother. I didn't. I said, because it didn't take a rocket scientist to understand where you was about to be. But you know what? I'm not here to judge you, brother. I'm here to let you know that I'm glad that I didn't listen. And they said that was the dumbest thing that we could have ever told anybody. And we are sorry that we told you that. Okay. So you want to be a disciple. But now, however, I would hate to walk away from this three minutes about the man and not let the ladies know we're going to love you, baby. We're going to do everything for you. And the Bible even said, we're going to die for you. But in the meantime, come on, men, where you at? But in the meantime, the Bible said, wives, to submit yourselves. Oh, y'all feel that oppression coming? Y'all feel that? Put that down. I didn't say put her down. But that's not what we think either. That don't mean every time you slide up out of your Ford pickup or whatever it is, you run up in the house. Hey, where's my this that? How come my sandwich ain't done? Now, I'm going to tell you something, guys. I'm going to move on, and we're going to talk about being a disciple of Christ. But the moment that I drive up into my yard and I get out and I look at my wife and I say, where's my sandwich at? I'll probably be wearing it. So you can believe what you want to believe. I don't know what kind of woman you married to, but I am married to a beautiful, strong, independent lady who is beautiful on the inside now, but she ain't putting up with no junk like that. And there's some of you women in this house, you don't need to put up with no junk like that. Need to get one of y'all get to the altar somehow or another and be like, you know what? We're going to fix this. I'm not living like this. Anybody still want to be like Jesus? It's hard. That was the easy part. That is the easy part. He's doing all the things that he's doing. So we want to be like him. I want to be like Christ. Do you remember when we used to play games in school? Or even now, sometimes we go over to the gym, and everybody does what? They pick teams. Anybody remember that? Whether you was playing football, whether you was playing basketball, whatever it was, everybody lined up next to the wall. Everybody's all lined up, man. Everybody's doing their thing. There was some that was like, pick me. Now, there were some that were really good and very athletic at what any sport they played that was hollering, pick me. There were some that was hollering, pick me, and didn't know the difference from an apple and a basketball. But they wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to be on the team. Then there was somebody else that was down here on the end, and it could be somebody in this room today. There was that one that was standing in line because, you know, the coach said, boy, everybody going to play. And everybody going to get picked. And there's someone that did not want to get picked because they felt like they couldn't bring anything to the table. They felt like they did not, was no way they would ever benefit in this situation. Do you realize that that is how Jesus picked his 12 disciples who later become apostles? He didn't go around picking all of the high influential folks. Go back and read it. They were common people. They were unrefined. They were just some jacked up dudes. Some of them loved to fish. Some of them was tax collectors. Some of them were this. Some were that. But he went through there and he said, hey, you want to be on my team? And they were like, oh, absolutely. It's going to cost you. Now, let me ask you, in the middle of all of this, when he is asking you to be on his team, 
He said, here's what's going to happen. You can read it several times throughout the Gospels. Here's what's going to happen. Now, I picked you, and I want you to follow me. But because you follow me, here is what's going to happen. You're going to have to serve me. You're going to follow me. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be talked about. You're going to be hated for my name's sake. Anybody love Jesus? You're going to have to do all of these things up front. He said, you're going to do all of that, and then you guess what you're going to do? Then you're going to die. Do you still want to follow me? Twelve people said, yes, I want to follow you. I want to be one of your disciples. Do you know why he needed disciples? I hope somebody can get this today. You know, a lot of times us preachers and pastors, we come into place and we say things like this to have something to say or have a filler or whatever. We'll say, now this sermon might not be, but just for one of y'all. Well, can I tell y'all something? This sermon is for every last one of y'all, including me. The reason that he picked 12 people to follow him was that when he left... He was discipling all those guys while he was here for three years. He was trying to train them. He was trying to teach them what they need to do, how to pray for folks, how to approach folks. Now, it took Peter a little while. He got a little messed up, cut a dude's ear off, and, and Jesus had to say, okay, let me be God for a minute and put that dude back off. Calm down, Peter, and stop cussing so much. Yeah. That's who it was. But guess what? Here's what I like about the whole thing. Here's what I like about the whole messed up situation. There was nobody out of that 12 that was just super, super intelligent. I'd have fit right in on that part. But they all wanted to do something, and they were all team players. You were on my team now. And to be on this team and to be like Jesus, you're going to be hated by some folks. There's going to be, now as long as you just kind of like half-heartedly doing what you do, where do you go? I go to all seasons, hallelujah. Who all you know that? Well, I really don't know nobody. I just go there every once in a while, but that's where I go to church at. It's a good church, hallelujah. We, we love it. You know, me and my family, you know, well, how long y'all been going? Well, I, I don't really know. You know, it's just, you know, it's, just, it's a good church. You don't come here to join all seasons. We come here to join the kingdom of God. This ain't about all seasons. Let's just go ahead and, and, and steer the ship in that, in that direction. This is about growing the kingdom of God. This is about seeing that your family is saved and my family is saved. It's about seeing that everybody and my grandchildren and everybody else it's how to teach me to walk and how to talk and how to live for the Lord and how to be more like Jesus. So let's jump into it. Ephesians 1 and 19, probably one of the most powerful scriptures coming from Paul to let us know what we need to do and how that we need to do it. And the very idea that some of us, we don't even like it when we're going through our social media and we're looking Man, Lord, I said I wasn't going to say nothing about this. We can't even take it when somebody says something, a little something. Or when we look and say, you know, I thought so and so should have liked that. I can't believe they didn't like that right there is pretty good. That was good. You're upset and you want to be like Jesus? 
Do you know what all they did to Jesus? Think about it. His own country, his own place, his own village didn't even like him. But here's the problem with that. Because they didn't like him in that same place. Go back and read in in Matthew. Here's what happened. The thing that happened was he couldn't even do miracles there. That place he did the least amount of miracles. It's kind of hard to, you know, pray for folks. (laughs) It's all against you. You try to help every day. Have you ever tried to, now I didn't say try to help, but maybe try to enable. I'm telling you, if you're going to be a disciple, and that's what we got to be in 24. Paul said, and so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active and spiritual power is in us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength. And then when you take this, and I want you later on, take this scripture, and I want you to go and I want you to look at it. In other words, he was saying that you may come to know practically through experiences for yourself the love of Christ. And it's going to far surpass any, any bit of just mere knowledge. I heard, I heard uh, Brother Bubba Phillips this morning when he was preaching. He said, don't memorize Scripture, but hide it in your heart. There's a big difference. I can remember when I was doing Bible quizzing in high school. Well, actually, I was in junior high. And I can remember we actually memorized the entire book of Acts for Bible quizzing. The entire book. I can't hardly take one line now and memorize something. But we stayed in it, and we stayed in it, and we stayed in it. And here was the only part, and the only problem with that for me was I memorized it, and I knew when they got over to chapter number 9, and they would, they would quote half the script, you got to fill in the blank or whatever, you know, and you could fill in the blank. But there was nothing being applied to me. I was just memorizing it. So it doesn't matter what kind of knowledge you have today. It doesn't matter to God how smart you are. If you're smart, great. He created it. Remember that. He created you. You're the re- He's the reason you're smart. No, I went to college. No, he gave you the ability to be able to go to college. He gave you two legs to walk to college. He gave you a parent to help you with some money in college, whatever. Stop trying to say it was all about you because it was not all about you. But to be like him. A presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Let me tell you this. I wrote this down. The greatest way to give God glory and to please him in all respects and bear fruit in every good work is to be like Jesus Christ as your spiritual father. That is the only way we're going to be able to. It doesn't matter. And I'm telling you, this is for me. I've got to be more like Jesus because I have seen in my actions in the last few months and years that that's not quite Jesus. I don't feel like you're just going to arrive, but you've got to be more like him. Let's go to, let's, let's go to uh, Philippians 3 and 10 through 14. This is where the, the main part is, and then we're going to be just about to the end of it. I love this. This is Paul. He said, in this so that I may know him. We've we've heard preachers preach on that. Knowing him is to be intimate with him. 
Just like when everybody, when the Bible said that Abraham knew Sarah, we all know what that meant. And that is what he wants from us today is to know him and to be that passionate about his love. That nothing else really matters. It's tough. It's hard. When Bryce was talking about somebody going through a bad situation in their marriage, that's got to be tough. That's got to be hard when you're on the brink of divorce. And then you got some knucklehead down the road that's supposed to be your friend saying, well, that's what I'd do if I was you. No. Be more like Jesus. For my determined purpose that I may know him, that I may progressively and become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more. you got to understand where Paul is coming from. Paul is coming from a place of all the rest of you dudes that Jesus picked. You guys were there to watch the blind get healed. Y'all was out there when he said, peace be still. Y'all were there when Lazarus come forth. I wasn't there. So I want to know him in the way that you guys know him. But I want to know him in a deeper way. I want to know him more than what you knew him. I want to be able to know him in a way that whenever I'm resurrected and whenever I'm at that place, that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from the resurrection, which he was talking about when Christ was resurrected, that I may so share his sufferings. Are we willing today? Are we willing today to share in his sufferings? Are we? Think about it. Are we really willing and able? Oh, we're able. But do we and will we? When somebody comes to you, hey, what do you think about this and this and this? Well, you know, you have to be able to know. You have to be able to tell them. You got to be able to say, this is what the word of God says. And all Paul was saying, I want to know him and I want to be transformed into his likeness, even into his death in the hope that if possible, I might, this is Paul saying, that I may attain mm. this ideal I have already been made perfect, but I want to press on to lay hold. Mm. Mm. He's trying to say, I got to know him. And I love what 14 says. I like, I like, go to verse 14. I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize. We are so busy down here trying to win everything we can win in this world. And that's not what God is trying to get us to win. But he wants us to be more like him. I want to give you a few traits and I promise you, I am not going to preach every trait, but I want to give you that. And if you want a copy of this, I'll be more than willing to give it to you so you can go back and read it and study it for yourself. But I want to just give you a few traits and guidelines to become more like the master, Jesus Christ, in all of our relationships, our activities, and our personal concerns. Let me tell you something. Our relationships with people is important. I believe it's in, um, I want to say it's in Matthew. Yes. Matthew 13. Don't, don't, don't have to pull this up. But in Matthew 13 and 45 through 46, it talks about the pearl of great value. 
And I'm sure some of us have read that all that was about, that somebody was looking, and they was looking for a great pearl. They stumbled upon it. When they stumbled upon the pearl, they went and sold everything they had, everything they had to get that pearl of great value. And when they got it, but it took getting rid of a lot of stuff, I ask us today, what relationship are you willing to get out of or get rid of to be closer to God, to be more like him. That is all, it's, it's, it's going to take a sacrifice. He sacrificed. So what makes you think you're not going to, I'm, I'm not sure where our theology come from that we just, we come to a church sometime and we get saved and that's all good and that's great. We need to be saved. But that everything just perfect after that. No problems, no sickness, nothing to pray for, nothing to fast for, no bad marriages, nothing goes wrong. Oh, I'm just saved at all seasons. No, you must be high. Because that's not how it goes. He's, Paul is trying to tell you in Philippians, you're going to suffer. But he said, I want to suffer. I want to feel like he felt. So that I may attain that prize, that heavenly prize. That's what I want to be able to get to. Number one, consistent. Jesus practiced what he preached. He said, love your enemies and do good to those who despitefully use you. I promise you, I'm not going to preach it. Jesus forgave his persecutors because he knew that his example would overcome all problems. He could have done what he wanted to do. But he said, you know what I'm going to do? Nope. I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to love them. Anybody got any enemies? You know, a lot of us, we don't even really have any enemies. We think we do. I think sometimes social media is our enemy. But we don't really have an enemy. But if there is somebody there, if there is somebody that's pushing you through something, you're still to love them. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you got to love them. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't believe, I, you know, I haven't got there yet with Jesus. When you just said you wanted to become part of Christ. You just said, I want to be a disciple. I, I, that's who I want to be. I got to be a disciple. I want to be saved. I want to be a, okay, well, then you got to be consistent. I had read this before, and I believe it's, it's, I believe this is actually on the wall to the entrance uh, in the Alamo in San Antonio, Texas. It's a portrait, and it has James Butler Bonham, but there's no picture of him at that name. But there's another picture that is there who is actually, and I looked this up, there's actually a picture of his uncle because they did not have a picture of the actual James Butler Bonham, but they wanted the family to be able to know the appearance of the man who had died for freedom. There is no literal, I don't care what's hanging in your wall or on your wall or in your closet, you ain't got no picture of Jesus. However, if I'm one of his children, however, if I'm striving to be like Jesus, there ought to be some appearance that comes from me when somebody else looks my direction. They need to be able to say, you know what? Now, there's some Jesus right there. You know what? That may not. Now, I didn't say I was Jesus. They said, that's Jesus. Just like they may say, you know, you look a little like your daddy. You look a little like your mama. You have that appearance. I'm not them, but I have that appearance. So no matter what we do, that's where we have to get. So once again, 
Who are people seeing? Is anybody, who is seeing me? I'm trying to be a disciple. He was courageous. Jesus showed courage without being arrogant. Mm. I heard Bubba say it so well. He just he said, I don't do good with arrogant people, and I don't either. And I don't do good with bullies. And they both go hand in hand because most bullies are just some insecure, arrogant people. They don't know what's up. It is what it is. Jesus don't like bullies either. And you ever thought about sometimes we could even be that in the church? He, he don't need no bullies. He don't need me doing his job. He needs me to live for him. He needs me to be his disciple and follow him. When we go to war, we're following our commander. We're following that platoon. We're doing everything that we're to do. We're to follow his lead, courageous. Let me tell you something. In the middle of everything going on with Jesus, let me tell you how bad he was. He could have called down 10,000s of angels and wiped that place out. That's, look, it could have been like Superman. That cross could have come out of the ground, went flying through the air, and just whooped everybody. Who knows? I don't know. He could do what he wants to do. But he chose to stay there for me and you and say, not my will, but my Father's will. So I want to challenge each of us. The next time you get into that disagreement and you want to, oh, you want to say so much. Oh, you just want to just go off. I'll tell you what I could do right now. I, I done about had enough of this. I'm about to, and you need to hear this little voice say, nope. Do you want to do your father's will or you want to do your will? Because your will ain't going to get you into heaven. But his will is going to get me into heaven. His will is going to get my body healed. His will is going to take care of my marriage. But who are they seeing? Oh, I know. I know. Hey, I'm thankful for my wife. There's been a, there has been some times when the times that I do kind of get on, you know, I'm still old school. I get on Facebook or something like that, you know, and I, I'll be done like halfway written something out. And she's like, what you writing? Oh, I ain't writing nothing. She said, what are you doing? Erase that. I'm like, why you got to be so spiritual? Anybody? <laughs> oh, yeah, we keyboard warriors. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Yeah, and, and I know this has been part of sermons for years now, but why don't we keep doing it? Keep on tweeting. Keep on just telling folks off. Keep on just, that stuff's going to come back to you one day. And all of a sudden, you're going to look up, and they're going to be sitting beside you in church. You're going to go, oh, oh. Yep, that's the one you tweeted about. Right there. Now, they just showed up to be saved. And they're going to come to you. That's how God works. Hey, oh, can, you, can you show me how to, what I need to do to, you know, to be saved? What, what, what I, I, I want to get my life right. You're like, oh. Lord, why you just didn't deliver me from Twitter and anything else? But that's where that we're at. We could. He was priority driven. Jesus set his sights on the most important goals of his heavenly father. I love it when he said, he said, it's not those who are healthy that need a physician. That's not who needs it. He said, the son of man has come to seek and to save those which are lost. Now, you got to understand, let's not forget now. Let me back up just one, just one moment. Let me back. 
let's not forget that when he's talking to the Pharisees during that little part, okay? That's who he's talking to. And he's saying, they want to know why you up in this party? Why are you in here talking to the sinners? And that's what he said. He said, it is not about that. It is about the ones that really need me. That's who I'm here for. The, the healthy people don't need a doctor. How many of y'all just go to the doctor just to go? Well, I, mean, I need to just probably just scratch that. Hopefully nobody. Oh, I felt something right there. You know, I think I'm probably going to need to go. No. But you don't just go to the doctor because you're well. You go to the doctor because you're, you're sick. He said the one that's whole, they don't need it. And he was able to say at the end of that, I have accomplished what God has sent me to do. He was motivated by love. Hear this today. Jesus said a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. By this will all men know that you are my disciples because you have love one for another. That was when he was talking to his 12 disciples. That's why you're following me to become my disciples. That's why you're here at all seasons. That's why you're supposed to be here. We hope there's some good things you enjoy, but each and every one of us should be trying to get our relationship with Jesus that much better and stronger with God because of who he is. That's where I am. I want to love one another. Can you imagine that just that simple part of I love you, what that means to somebody? When somebody's walking through something, what that means? He was vision inspired. Jesus said, who do men say that the Son of Man is? And I, I, and I love this part because he was sitting in amongst a whole lot of people there. And there was, I think, a couple of guys say, some think you're Elijah and some think you're one of the prophets. But he said, who do you say that I am? And that old boy that we talked about earlier, one of them, his name was Peter, the one that cut off somebody's ear, the one that cussed a lot, the one that denied him three times, the one that was all messed up, the one that was probably the last in the line. I would said, you know what, I don't think you probably need to pick me. I don't even know how to fish real good. But he picked him. Look at somebody beside you and say, he picked you. Now he picked you, what are you going to do? Are you going to follow him? Are you going to follow his lead? But it's by love. But oh, Peter said, blessed art you. He said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus looked at him and said, you're blessed. He said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's what he told him. That dude, one of them, in the three years of training, that's what he told him. I love the story that I've heard before. So there was, a, there, was a, there was somebody that in the middle of having a vision, in the middle of trying to be something, and, 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 and I mentioned earlier about dieting, and we all have, have that in our mind that if some of us that need to or whatever, I know I definitely, I, I even struggle with it myself, but I just don't want to do the things I need to do. But there was a lady that went to a certain uh, place to, she was trying to get, get fit and everything, and, and the guy took her in there, and uh, she had a big mirror, just a mirror. And he drawed an outline on that mirror of this, this figure. And he told her to look at herself. And, and of course, she was so embarrassed. I can't, I can't even look at that because that's, I don't, that's, not, that's not me. He said, just keep coming. Keep doing what you're doing. And I promise you, have a vision and stay at it. And one day, she would come back. She'd look at it and she'd like, oh, it's still late. But one day, when she stood there, 
that outline matched her outline. And she was able to realize that it was a challenge and it was hard and it was tough. And I didn't think I could ever do it, but I did it. And now that's what I've done. The same thing when I attain my prize for Jesus from him. I will be able to say, you know what, for a long time, I didn't fit that. For a long time, I wasn't part of that. But now, I have worked for it. He was goal-oriented. Jesus said, the harvest, this is what pastor's been preaching on, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. It's tough how we can preach that over and over and over, and we still have few workers. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send forth workers into his fields. Jesus would never, here's the thing about being a disciple. See, here we go. We want to be part of the church, we want to do all the things that we do, we want to enjoy everything. But, and we want to be a disciple. We want to go to heaven. But Jesus had his disciples do more than just maintenance. Are you hearing me? He had them to realize you're not going to just be doing maintenance here and doing the worship here and doing this and doing that, but you got to be about the Father's business. I'm not doing it all on my own. I need you to help me to do that. He always involved other people. He looked, he looked at them and said, follow me. I want you to become fishers of men. He knew that discipling a small band of faithful and available and obedient men and followers, it would multiply his life and his purposes. And this one, you can't get away from. It's going to always be part of it. And that is he was empowered by the Spirit. We've got to be able to be empowered by the Spirit. Acts 1 and 8 said it like this. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be what? You shall be witnesses to me. In other words, you're going to tell people all about me, both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria, even to the ends of the earth. That is mine and your job. Going to your job, making a paycheck, is not your job. Your job, if I'm a saint of God and you're a saint of God and we are a disciple of his, if we've got to be empowered by the Spirit. Powerful. He resisted temptations. He yielded to God's will. And not distracted by merely just having a good project. Look, Jesus could have spent all of his time healing people and doing miracles. Instead, he focused on his primary mission that was expressed in Matthew 28 and 19, and we all can talk about it, where he said, go ye therefore into all the world. That was the Great Commission. He said, go into the highways and the byways and compel them to come. How many of us has been on the telephone in just the last seven days inviting somebody to come to church? Texting somebody. Hey, tweet them. I don't care. Whatever. Hey, you want to come join me? You want to come do this? You want to come do that? That's why I said, guys, it's for me. It's for all of us. It's easy to say, I want to be a great athlete, but are you willing to put in the work? And this is work. I don't know about you, but it's work. He always allowed for diversity, he was very authoritative. And I love how he was in his teaching. He said, a student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Jesus helped to mature all those disciples in every aspect of life. 
He committed all of his resources to God. What did the rich young ruler say to him? What have I got to do to inherit the kingdom of God? What must I do? He said, sell everything you got and give it to me. And last but not least today, he was enriched by worship. When we come into this house, whatever, whenever it is, however it is, On Sunday morning, on Wednesday night, during revivals, I, I don't know, but whenever it is, when we come here and this band that comes to this stage every Sunday morning, not because I'm part of that band, not by any means. I am just a small part of being a part of just another moving part of growing God's kingdom. But I want to tell you something. It's not just some fly-by-night thing that we do for the people that's in this band. It's not just we just show up on Sunday morning and do our thing. But it takes practice. It takes rehearsing. And you know what else it takes? It takes praying to get the right songs. It takes praying to get the right music going. It's not just a show. I'm not real sure sometimes why we think what we think. But we're, now, do, do I enjoy it? That is my worship. And it actually was driving me crazy this morning because I was sitting over here worshiping and then I was not up there. But God had all of that worked out. But we got to understand, we come into this place, that's why he said enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That is why, and I'm not talking about just rolling in the floor and hooping and hollering. That's all great. It's all good. I'm sure last night when the 49ers won, some of y'all was pumped up. I get it. It's all a part of it. But I'm what I am saying is, is that I want to truly, when I get out of bed in the morning, I want to tell him how much that I love him and how much that I care care for him and no matter what problem comes my way I want to do everything that I can do to be more like him as they begin to play something today I hope that this year that you will be able some way somehow engage yes at all seasons it's a beautiful place. I'm not, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm finished. And I'm not up here to, to promote all seasons. But this is my church. This is where God touched my life years ago. Yeah, I was raised in church. I mean, yeah. I mean, my parents were kind of in and out several times, and but pretty much I've been raised in church. There's pretty much absolutely nothing that I've never seen in church. Everything, everything from, from somebody getting healed to somebody running, Jericho marches, Bobby Pins flying out of women's hair, you know, when they shouting, and that, and that was all good, and that was all great, and it was powerful, and it was real. But there's more to worship, and there's more than just showing up. But it's when we engage, and everything that you have seen today on that screen behind me, encouraging us to engage in something, some aspect of our life, engage in it. I know that some of us are not sure. Some of us are not even really sure which direction our jobs to be going come tomorrow morning. We're praying about that. 
Some of us have been praying and fasting for a healing in our family. Some of us have been just trying to let that marriage work itself out. And hopefully that when I wake up one morning, it'll just be all good. It don't work like that. You got to engage. And before you become a disciple, we, we, have, we, have, we, have, we have just complicated living for the Lord so much. It's not complicated. It's real simple. And I'm not talking about just salvation. I'm, I mean, it's, 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 we, 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 we want people to jump through all kind of hoops. We don't need you to jump through a hoop. We need you to love Jesus. That's it. And that's all you got to ask yourself today is, you know, man, do I really love you, Jesus? Am I really willing to sell out? Sell it all and give it all and become like Jesus. I want us to stand across this house today, everybody. There is nothing like engaging with his spirit and telling him how much you love him. So if there is nothing else that you hear today, And you get in your car, I want you to just ask yourself, how much do I love him? How much do I love him? And how far am I willing to go to be like him? I know it's scary. It really is scary. There's some of us been in church our whole life, and we're like, I don't know. And do you realize that I just hit some hot spots today? I didn't even get into the nitty-gritty of all the things that he really wants us to do to be a disciple. But he wants us, to, me and you, to be disciples so we can do what those disciples did. That after he left, to tell somebody about him, to share the gospel with somebody. Because one day he's coming back, and I want to have been a good disciple. Not just a good disciple, but I want to be somebody that loved Jesus. I want to pray for us today before we leave right where you're standing. There will be things that will come your way in 24 that you're not going to understand. There will be trials. There will be blessings. There will be decisions to be made that you didn't think you had to make. There will be the resources, though, for us to make it. Because when I'm his children and I am his child, he will never let me alone. Father, you're in this place, and I thank you for it. I thank you for your spirit today. I thank you, Lord, for the easiness of just being able to preach your word. I thank you today for the people that is here that has had an open heart and an open mind. And I know that you're touching. I know that you're redirecting. I know that you're restoring your healing today. There's strongholds, no doubt that are being broken down and torn down. 
But I pray that from this moment forward that every time and every morning that I get up or really every waking moment and I look in the mirror and I ask myself, did I look like Jesus today? Did I sound like my father enough today? I'm glad that you picked me, Jesus. I know ultimately you always wanted me, and I had to decide if I was going to be on your team or not. But I am so glad that I chose to be on your team. I'm, cho- I'm so glad today that everybody in this house has chosen, hey, I want to be part of God's team. Yes, there's ups and there's downs. And there will always be some questions that need to be answered. But in the end, I know I'm going to attain the prize. That's way more important than any prize down here. I ask you to touch each and every saint today in this house as we leave. That you would continue to redirect them. Give them the desires of their heart today. Whatever it is that we must pray for. God, that marriage, and I don't know why I feel that the way I do right now, but I know it's just an unctioning in the spirit today. That Whatever that marriage is, no matter what somebody else thinks it looks like, no matter what the couple thinks it looks like, you're able to restore that right now in the name of Jesus. You said whatever we ask in your name, believing, you would answer it. You said if we knocked, it would be opened. If we would seek it, we would find it. And I pray today, Lord, that that be found. And we thank you for that, God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. We hope you have a wonderful week. It won't be 18 again. But it will be a lot of rain coming, I think. So just enjoy it. Have a good time. And uh, you get a chance, give the devil fits. <laughs>